So Luke chapter 8 from verse 40 downwards. Can we read together from the King James Version? And it came to pass. And today, child of God, it has come to pass. What you have looked for, what you have desired, it has come to pass. Okay? There comes a time where delay is no more. And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. He had crossed over to the other side, healed the man of Gadarene, you know, the man of Gadar, the Gadarene, who was possessed with, you know, uh, many demons, millions of demons. And he had cast out that devil. The people were so astonished and were so afraid that they said, no, 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 please, you just leave our town. And so he left their town and he crossed back to where he had left off from. And the Bible says it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man, Jairus, a man named Jairus. And he was a ruler of the synagogue and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. I know this is the desperate situation of somebody like Rosie and many others who are at the feet of Jesus, trusting Jesus for a miracle because what, what was the reason why Jairus fell at Jesus' feet? Verse 42 says that for he had one only daughter. He had just a daughter. That was his only child. About 12 years of age. And she lay a dying. In other words, she was dying. This is the King James language. She lay a dying. I like the phraseology. But as he went, the people thronged him. Listen, I know that sometimes, it, it, this is the picture some of us get, that oh, when I want God's attention, other people are also getting his attention. And so, uh, it may take some time. No, child of God. That was Jesus who was man at work by the help of the Holy Spirit. So he was limited. But not when, now that he works through the person of the Holy Spirit in us, he can be at all places at all times. The people thronged him. In other words, they, they, they were all looking for help. Everybody was touching him here and there. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years. Isn't that coincidence? The child that was dying, Jairus' daughter, was 12 years of age. And the woman also had a problem. And this time, it was different from a child who was dying. But they had the same length of, of period. The woman's problem had lasted for 12 long years. Her problem was as old as the age of Jairus' daughter. Think about it. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any. I think that may describe some people's situation. Probably you spent all your money on medication. You spent all your money on hospital bills. You spent all your money on unplanned bills. Accidental situations. Situations you never anticipated. You just woke up and then trouble had struck. I know a brother who is one of us who wanted a contract, okay, and took a very huge amount of money. If I mention it, you'd be amazed. A very, very huge amount of money. And the people who were supposed to do the contract with him were with him. 
and they you know they went to their place of transaction just recently this is a recent story i'm telling you at the place of transaction look at these people they said can you get us water because we touch this we touch this to wash our hands by the time this brother went for water and came back the people had bolted with the money huge amount of money and as i'm talking this brother had to take money from somewhere to you know pay off the loan and where he took the money also they are on his neck pressurizing him and yesterday i spoke with him i said brother i i just i just thank god for your life you seem to have a very strong heart this is god at work because somebody losing this amount of money and having to take money from somewhere and losing that one too will definitely might have contemplated suicide because it's a huge amount of money but you still have a heart to still talk and pray and thank god i thank god for your life so you your situation may be said that it's 12 years of barrenness 18 years of barrenness 18 years of you know unfulfilled dreams and uh, 30 years of unrealized expectations all of us go through situations out of god look at it a woman having an issue of blood 12 years which has spent all her living upon physicians that could be healed of any so whose situation was better whose situation was worse this man had a daughter who was dying 12 year old daughter and this woman also had an issue of blood 12 years of age should jesus christ leave the journey towards Jairus's home and attend to this woman but look at what the woman did she came behind him came behind jesus and touched the border of his garment and immediately her issue of blood stanched in other words it stopped there was no more flow of blood blood that had been oozing flowing for 12 long years i can imagine how demarciated this woman would look like because when you lose blood you're losing weight because you know 70 percent of our body weight is made up of fluid and that fluid you know uh, a greater percentage is the blood so losing blood means you're losing weight and you are becoming anemic you are becoming susceptible to disease your immune system will go low and so you can imagine in our era you will say that social distancing and in fact the woman was not qualified to even come into the public because under the law of Moses mind you Jesus Christ lived in the times when the law of Moses had not been abolished so under the law of Moses such a person should not come in the public domain if she was found she would be stoned to death so she took the risk came in the midst of the people and said other versions okay uh, if you look at I mean other uh, gospel accounts the Bible says she said in the heart that if I touch but the hem of his garment as shall be made whole and she did and she got her wholeness verse verse 45 says and jesus said who touched me when all denied peter and they that were with him said master the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee and sayest thou who touched me everybody is touching you so what kind of question is this master and Jesus said, somebody has touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. In other words, this touch was a touch of faith. I pray that in the midst of the seeming delay, in the midst of the seeming disappointment, in the midst of the prolonged and protracted condition, health condition, or financial indebtedness, 
you will still have the faith to believe that a day will come when your story will change. Hallelujah. Because Jesus perceived that virtue had gone out of him because that touch was a touch of faith. Child of God, don't give up, okay? We, are, we have crossed 10 months in this year already and it's left with 2 more months. Don't give up in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 47. And when the woman saw that she was not hit, nobody, I mean, she could not hide any longer. She came trembling. She, I'm sure she was like, they're going to stone me to death because I'm not supposed to be in public. She came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him. And how she was healed immediately. Oh, verse 48. And he said unto her, daughter, I love Jesus. He said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole Go in peace. Can I speak the same words to somebody who may be discouraged? Who has been trusting God for a miracle? Daughter, son, be of good comfort for your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. In the name of Jesus Christ. Verse 49. This is the, the dilemma. This is the, the bone of contention. While he yet spoke. You see, Jesus was on his way. A man had besought him, Jairus, that my daughter is lying down, dying. Please, come and help me before she dies. On his way, somebody intercepted Jesus. Child of God, do you feel that sometimes some people intercept your, your prayer request with their request? So therefore, God is attending to them and has forgotten about you? I know some people will feel that God has abandoned them. But you see, let God be true, but every man a liar. Didn't he tell us in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6? He says, let your conversation, let your manner of life, let your conduct be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do to me. Did you hear the word, I will not fear. The Lord is my helper. Because when you feel that, oh, he's abandoned me. God is taking care of others. And it seems God has forgotten about me. Never you talk like that. He has said in his word, and let God be true, but every man a liar. Let your, even your, your situation be a liar. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In Matthew 28, verse 20, when he rose from the dead before he ascended, he says, And lo, I am with you always. He didn't say, I will be with you. Jesus never said, I will be with you. I will be with you is a promise. But he never promised being with us. He actually said, he is with us. It's a present tense reality. It's a present hour possession. I am with you always. Even to the end of the age. Even to the end of the world. I am. I am means I am. Child of God, you've got to believe. If God says, I am with you, you take him by his word. That's where faith, I mean, that's how faith behaves. You take him by his word and you act on it. It's not about how you feel, child of God. It's about what he has said. Because he has exalted his word above all his name. 
So even when you don't feel that God is with you, His word says so. You take it by His word. In the midst of the trials, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the difficulties, you just know that God is with me. You say what He has said to yourself. If He says, I am with you, you say, "Ah, God is with me. Don't talk according to the magnitude of your situation. Talk according to the exalted word of God that you are believed in. According to his word that is exalted above all his name. If he says, I am with you, it means I am with you. It's not, I will be with you. No. I beg to differ from that kind of phraseology. God didn't say, I will be with you. He says, I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Meaning, he's already there. So when you're going through the fire, like our sister Rosie or any other person who, is, who may be going through any situation, I don't know what Rosie is going through. We are yet to talk. But the point is that it doesn't matter what you are going through. Jesus is with you. He is with you. Even in our unfaithfulness, he ever remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. Even when we have abandoned him, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. David said, when my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will, will lift me up. The Lord will take me up. I came with a word of encouragement to somebody that when you feel like God is attending to others, but he has forgotten you, he hasn't. Because this may be the picture in the mind of Jairus. When the woman intercepted the journey of Jesus to his house. Because if Jesus had fast forward his text, probably he could have been there before the child died. But not when you are dealing with my God. He's never too late. Even when he is four days late, he is still on time. There's a song like that about, about Lazarus. Lazarus, who, you know, his, his, his sisters, Mary and Martha, had requested and sent for Jesus because his friend Lazarus was sick unto death. And Jesus said, I will come. Okay? I'll be there. And Jesus waited four days more. At that time, Lazarus had died. At the time Lazarus had died, that was when he said, Our friend is sleeping. Let's go and wake him up. He told his disciples. They even wondered, if the man is sleeping, then let him sleep. You wake up. Then he had to explain to them that actually he's dead. So they went. You remember the story. I don't need to bore you because I'm still going into Luke chapter 8. It was. Martha, who first met Jesus and started talking. Oh, if you had been here, your, my brother wouldn't have died. Then Jesus said that, don't worry, he shall live. He said, yes, I know in the resurrection, he shall live. He said, Jesus said, I am the life, I'm the resurrection and the life. Then he said, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Child of God, in your situation, can you still Hold on to God and fear not. Only believe. Let me go there. In Luke chapter 8, verse 49 again. While he yet spoke, there cometh. Okay. Yeah, verse 49. While he yet spoke, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Somebody came from Jairus' house and said to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not their master. I don't know whether you've heard any bad news. This is 1st November. Your daughter is dead. Your business is dead. Your project is dead. Your marriage is dead. Your finances 
have gone red. You are now into financial insolvency. You are bankrupt. You have lost your house. You have lost that mortgage. You have lost that investment. Your investment has gone bad. Maybe you had some bad news. And you feel like my world has come to an end. I describe to you a brother who has lost a huge amount of money. Very huge. Child of God. You have no idea what I'm talking about. Lost it just like that. So money that was taken from somewhere, he had to now look for it elsewhere to pay. How devastating that situation can be. But this God is too much. Look at it. Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. I think that sometimes we have that attitude towards God. Oh, my situation is a hopeless one. I don't even want to trouble God. Can you trouble God? He said, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Jeremiah 32 verse 27. Is there anything too hard for me? If the daughter is dead, and so what? Is he not the resurrection and the life? Is he not the one who calls the things that be not as though they were? Is he not the one who called light out of darkness? Child of God, listen to the word, it's here. But when Jesus heard it, when Jesus heard the evil report that your Jairus' daughter is dead, he answered him saying, fear not. That phrase, fear not, literally means stop the fear. Can I tell somebody, I think I preached a message early days of the COVID-19, stop the fear. Stop the fear, fear not. Believe only and she shall be made whole. Ah, it doesn't make sense, does it? It doesn't make sense. The child is dead. In our situations, there are some times where we say, oh, this one is a hopeless situation. But child of God, when you are dealing with Jesus, there is nothing like hopelessness. Not when you are dealing with my Jesus, there is nothing like hopelessness. He's faithful. And he's too faithful to fail you. Even in seemingly impossible situations like a child, a 12-year-old child is dead, he still said that, fear not. Believe only. And she shall be made whole. Can I say the same words to somebody? Fear not. Believe only. And that wounded situation, devastated situation, troubled situation, troubled waters, that seemingly hopeless situation shall be made whole again. Alright. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in except Peter and James and John. And the father and the mother of the maiden. That's the father and the mother of the young girl. And all wet. Take note of that. All wet. And bewailed her. A child is dead. So everybody was just mourning. But he said, that Jesus said, Weep not. She is not dead, but sleepeth. Oh. Listen to what happened. Verse 53. The people that were weeping as a result of the death of this child on hearing Jesus saying that weep not, she is not dead but sleeping, look at what they did the Bible says, and they laughed him to scorn they started laughing and, and scorning Jesus and mocking him knowing that she was dead I wanted to get something 
that tells you that it's not everybody who comes to empathize with you in moments of trial, in moments of pain, in moments of trouble, who really are sincerely empathizing with you. Because if they were truly mourning and weeping for this child, they will not start mocking Jesus and laughing at Jesus. How do you switch from mourning, crying, weeping to laughter? Except there is good news. But on hearing Jesus say that don't weep, the child is not dead, she's only sleeping. All of a sudden, people were doing, ade, ade, ade. all of a sudden, they just said, ah, ah. I just can't believe the switch. The switch from mourning to laughter, it takes a miracle. It's only God who turns our mourning into dancing and our weeping into laughter. But when it is because somebody told you that the child is not dead but is sleeping and then you who were mourning all of a sudden started mocking at best you could have just said oh, don't even and then you even mourn and grieve more you would have said oh you don't even know what you are talking about and that would have compounded the situation for you to mourn more but for you to now change from mourning to laughter and mockery of the person who said that the child is not dead but it's sleeping, it means that these were hypocritical mourners. That's all I want you to identify. Hypocritical mourners. They are those who claim they empathize with us, but they are not really with us. That is why you don't have to take consolation from people who come around just, you know, because you are in trouble. Our consolation is in God. Hope in God. Believe in Jesus. Trust in Him. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He shall direct your path. I want to announce to you, child of God, there is always a way out. That situation that seems hopeless, that situation that seems, you know, a helpless situation, that there is no help, He is a very present help in time of trouble. He can turn for you your mourning into dancing and your weeping into laughter. This time around, it shall not be hypocritical laughter. It shall not be hypocritical mourning. It shall be genuine laughter where men, even the hidden, the unbelievers, will identify and say with you that the Lord has done great things for them. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. It shall be like a dream. Listen, the same Jesus who did this miracle. Is at work in us in the person of the Holy Spirit. He can do it again. He can do it again. Whoever is listening to me, Rosie or any other person for that matter, he can do it again. My brother who has lost a huge amount of money, Jesus Christ can restore that money again. He can do it again. He is faithful. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. He's faithful. Let me conclude the verses of scripture. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. Verse 54. And he put them all out. Listen, there comes a time where you have to chase some people out of your life. Yeah. Because if you allow them, they will intensify your fear. They will build an atmosphere of fear instead of an atmosphere of faith. You need people that are iron. So you can sharpen one another. Iron sharpeneth iron. When you put iron to iron, they sharpen one another. But when you put iron to wood, the 
iron will get blunt and the wood will be destroyed. So there comes a time where some people must be, you know, given a distance. Look at what happened. And you put them all out. Jesus would never perform a miracle in the midst of doubt and unbelief. Listen, atmosphere of miracles, I mean, miracles don't just happen. You need an atmosphere for miracles. An atmosphere for miracles is an atmosphere charged with faith in God. If you want Jesus, it's not everybody he will usually take along with him. Apart from Peter, James and John, who were the closest. Who would always, you know, create that atmosphere. It's not everybody who can come along when you are expecting a certain miracle. So Jesus put them all out. Because these people would have compounded the situation. They would have worsened the fear of Jairus. They would have said that, ah, why have we brought this man here? The child is dead. And they would have given the medical reasons. The medical reasons why the child died. Probably the child died from malnourishment. Because the last, the last uh, concluding verses actually suggest so. So they could have given all the medical reasons why the child cannot live again. But not when you are dealing with my Jesus. Hallelujah. And he put them all out. And took her by the hand. And called saying, Maid, arise. Child, arise. Business, arise. Marriage, arise. Financial situation, arise. Health situation, arise. Whatever that was there, I speak to it right now. Arise. In the name of Jesus, your body cells, your body organelles, the organelles in your body cells, let them arise. Let them live again. Your organs, your tissues, your tendons, every fiber of your being, every bone of your body, every cell of your blood, I speak life. Arise. In the name of Jesus. When Jesus had made a rise, look what happened. And her spirit came again. Dry bones will rise again. Child of God, don't, don't, don't abandon your faith in God. I said, dry bones will rise again. Her spirit came again. That which was dead, that which had left her. You see, death is separation. So her spirit had separated from the physical body. So the body was lying there like a log. A piece of wood. It was a hopeless situation. But not when you encounter Jesus. When he said, May arise, her spirit came again. Can I tell you, child of God, your miracle is happening again. That thing that you lost is happening again. Your vision is, is coming again. Your dreams coming again. You lost your marriage. It's coming again. Your finances coming again. In the name of Jesus, you lost your health. You lost your health to cancer, to diabetes, to hypertension, to blindness, to cataract, glaucoma, or any sickness for that matter. Your spirit, your miracle is coming again in the name of Jesus Christ. Fear not. And the spirit came again and she arose straightway. Come on. And he commanded to give her meat. Jesus commanded. It's also a suggestion. He commanded. That is why I said that this suggests that she might have died from some malnourishment or some hunger, extreme hunger. There could have been that, you know, sometimes we, we downplay the importance of nourishment of the physical body. I don't do that because even Jesus, when he rose from the dead, two times he requested for food. When he met them in the, in the upper room, not in the upper room, in the room where they were hiding, he asked them, do you have any meat here? 
And another time, just before he ascended, by the sea, he still asked him, do you have some meat? So, even in our resurrected state, resurrected state, we will still be nourishing our physical body. And he didn't say man shall not live by bread at all. He said man shall not live by bread alone. So, there's a place for bread. Hallelujah. There's a, a place for physical nourishment. After prayer, there's a place for physical nourishment. After, after the sign and wonder of raising Jairus' daughter from death, he's still commanded. That something should be given her to eat. In other words, when God plays his part, play your part. What you need to do, if you have to rest, rest. If you have to eat well, eat well. If you have to exercise, exercise. If you have to, you know, take the number of hours of sleep so that you can get back your, your health, do that. Do that. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. What is my exhortation to you this morning? My exhortation is fear not. I don't know whether what I've read describes you. But whatever your situation is, child of God, there is hope. Can I announce to you, there is hope. Bible says there is hope for a tree when it is cut down. For at the scent of water, it will rise again. At the scent of water, the water represents the Holy Spirit and the Word. Because the Holy Spirit flows from within us as rivers of living water. And the, and the water, the word of God talks about the word of God being, it talks about the washing of water by the word. So if you have the word and you have the spirit, listen, dry bones will rise again. Your marriage will flourish and become blissful again. Your finances will, will, will flourish again. Your investment will rebound. In the name of Jesus Christ, I'm prophesying to somebody who must have lost so much weight as a result of an ill health condition. You will regain your weight, okay? Yes, you will regain your weight. You will regain your, your vision. You must have lost some body parts as a result of one situation or the other. God can revive again. Bible says there is a spirit in man. The inspiration of the Almighty giveth him understanding. God will bring understanding again in that situation. There shall be a fellowship again. There shall be oneness again. God is faithful. Fear not. It's not too late. Don't say that, oh, now that other people are taking God's attention, my situation is too late. No, no, this was Jesus in his physical body. But Jesus in his glorified state is everywhere at all times, at all moments. He is doing my miracle. He's doing your miracle. He's doing brother A's miracle, sister B's miracle, and he's everywhere working at the same time. He's a very present help in time of trouble. So don't say that because of this situation, it means that there are some times where you call on God, but other people's situation will intercept, you know, your miracle. No, no, no. There is no denier in God. Fear not. I came this morning to encourage somebody. Fear not. It's not too late. It's not too late. Don't say that 10 months I couldn't achieve this dream. And is it these two months that anything can happen? What are you talking about? The Bible says better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. So it means that the, the last days of 2020 are better than the beginning. In the beginning, COVID-19 intercepted. But your miracle is coming again. Maybe you lost your job as a result of COVID-19. Maybe you were retrenched. You were redeployed. You suffered redundancy. And maybe your, your salary has been cut into four and you're giving one quarter of your salary. Maybe your children are no, no longer able to, you know, uh, take the three square meal. Your situation may seem a hopeless one. 
and you feel like you are drowning. He says, when you go through the waters, when you go through the fire, I am with you. Under the old covenant, he said, I will be with you. But when he came and fulfilled all the promises, he says, I am with you. So there are two things here. Under the old covenant, that scripture I just quoted, he said, when you go through the waters, when you go through the fire, they shall not burn you, for I will be with you. That was a promise. But in Christ Jesus, all the promises have become yea and amen. So it's no longer a promise. We are not living in fulfilled promises day. The day of fulfilled promises. Bible says in, in Colossians, is it 2 Corinthians 1.20 rather? 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yea and in him, amen, to the glory of God by us. In other words, it's no longer a promise. When you say yes, Lord, and amen, it is done. I don't know what promise you can stand on. This is 1st November. I want us to pray. This is 1st November. Maybe you think that it's too late. This miracle, I have waited for 10 months. I have waited for, it's been, if, how many years have you been married? And you have been trusting God for conception. And it's like now you are growing. Have you forgotten Abraham in Romans chapter 4, verse 17 through 21? The Bible says that Abraham did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. Sarah's womb was dead. It was as dead as death. You can think about it. Her womb was dead. In other words, there was no, there was no menstruation. There was no hope of conception. And yet, he did not consider it. The, the, the Greek word is scopio. In other words, I've seen it, but I've not seen it. I have looked at it, but I don't give attention to it. That is faith. Fear not, child of God. He did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb, neither the deadness of his own body. But he was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. Do you believe that what God had promised, he's also able to perform? I don't know the project that you embarked on and it was intercepted by COVID-19. Maybe just like Jairus' uh, situation, you were on your way from January and all of a sudden something intercepted your, your breakthrough. Your expectation seemed to have been dashed. But I would say surely there is an end and your expectations shall not be cut off. Can I announce to somebody, your expectation shall not be dashed, your expectation shall not be cut off, that God is faithful, He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Will you still trust God that from 1st November till 31st December, if Jesus tarries, that thing that seems to have delayed, will you still believe that God is able to do it? That He will hasten His work to perform? Do you still believe do you still believe? Fear not. Only believe. And you will see signs and wonders. Can I announce to somebody that in this month of November, God will fast forward his miracles in your life. He will hasten his work to perform. Don't be despondent. Don't be discouraged. Don't give up. Our God is faithful. In the midst of the battles, in the midst of the warfare, because we're going to do a lot of warfare in November and December on behalf of the USA and on behalf of Ghana. There is war, spiritual warfare. As far as USA is concerned, you have no idea. There's war. And God is calling on you and me. I know you have needs, pressing needs, pressing situations. But God is saying that just take a moment and stand in the gap for my people in the USA and my people in the nation Ghana. 
as far as November 7 and December 7 are concerned. And that is why I didn't go back to all the messages I preached in October. Okay, I preached some wonderful messages in October. We can go back to those messages. They are all on Samuel Excellence Podcast. Whether you're using iOS or you're using Android device, you can go to Samuel Excellence Podcast and look for the four messages I preached in the month of October and listen and be refreshed because we're going to use them to pray and do some warfare. But you are saying that my need has not been met and you are talking about need of USA, need of Ghana. It is in the peace of Ghana that you shall have peace. It is in the peace of USA that you shall have peace. So pray for the city in which you dwell. Pray for the country that has a spiritual direction as far as God's relationship with the nation Israel is concerned. The election of USA this year is going to tell what will happen in the next four years and beyond. I'm telling you, it is highly spiritual. Whilst Ghana's election is political and tribal. And yet, the purposes of God must be established. And the purposes of God must be enforced. I don't know what you have heard. But I want to encourage you that as we prepare to do some warfare in the month of November. Be still and know that in the midst of the war, God says, I still have you in mind. Fear not. Hold on to his promise. When it seems like, oh, by the time we are through with all the war, then my miracle wouldn't have been attended to. God says, I am, I have worked out the answer already. His answer, his, his answer is at your doorstep. If you can lay hold on it and lay claim on it and say, God, I trust you. I believe you. I hope in you. I know you are faithful. You are more than able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I ask or think. If you can only believe, you will see the goodness of the Lord. You will see the glory of God. I pray for you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know what you have heard. And I don't know whether you feel like throwing in the towel. But don't do that. Please, don't do that. I beg you. In the name of Jesus Christ, don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. Don't give up on God. Maybe next time I'll play that song. Because he won't give up on you. He's able God is able to do just what he says he will do. He's gonna fulfill every promise to you. Don't give up on God, cause he won't give up on you. He's able. Don't give up on God. Don't say that two months. If, if ten months I couldn't get this miracle, how can this be in two months? My God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly about all that we ask or think. So your thinking can limit God. But don't limit God. Fear not. Don't become despondent. Don't become discouraged. Don't feel that my hope. Look at that, 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 that song. It said, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ, the solid rock. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ, that's solid wrong. I trust in everybody. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sun. All other ground is sinking sun. Hold on to Jesus, Son of God. Hold on to Him. He's coming through for you. This is first November. It's the gate. 
into the rest of the remaining days on this year, the year of great awakening. It's still not over. God is still awakening people to the reality that He is faithful, He is trustworthy, He is dependable, He is reliable. You can take Him by His word. Be still and know that He is God. Maybe Rosie was the reason why God gave me the reason, this message. Or maybe somebody under the sound of my voice is the reason why. Or any other person who will listen to this message hereafter. But I don't know. When I listened to God and trusted Him for a message today, 1st November, He said, fear not. And I just said, okay, I take God. I, I know that He will communicate. And I know that He has communicated to somebody. Fear not. In case you think that there is a delay, fear not. You've been married for 30 something years, no child, fear not. You've been trusting God for conception, the first conception, fear not. You've been trusting God for increase in salary, fear not. You've been trusting God how you will be able to pay your bills, fear not. You seem to be drowning financially, you are in financial debt and there's great financial insolvency, fear not. You seem to have been abandoned by your family. Nobody cares any longer. Nobody seems. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Fear not. Whatever your situation is. One person's situation is black, flowing for 12 good years. Another person's situation is a child who is 12 years, who is almost dying. The question is, which one is better? Which one should I attend to? God says that I care for you all. Yes, he cares for all of us. If he cares for the lily of the valley and cares for the, the bears, you know, in the field, then he cares for you. If he supplies the need of the lily of the valley and he, he makes the flower flourish and the next day is cut down, how much more shall your heavenly father clothe you? He says, don't be worried and think about what you eat or what you drink. For your heavenly father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And every other thing, all these things shall be added unto you. I pray that in the midst of the hardship, you will still be addicted to the kingdom of God. You will still follow after God. Be diligent in following God. For he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Yes, you might have fallen. Yes, you might have even messed up. Yes, you might have even abandoned God. And you went to Juju, you went to Malam, you went to Fetis. Maybe you live, you know, the I don't care life because you thought that God had abandoned you. During this COVID, when nobody was interacting, you just live a simple life. You were just partying and going anywhere, doing your own thing. Can you come back? He still loves you like the prodigal son. He says, I will arise. When he came to himself, he said, I will arise and go back to my father. You can still come back, child of God. It's not too late. Fear not. Don't be hiding behind and wondering, will he accept me? He says, fear not. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. We're going to pray. Lift a voice right now. Lift a voice. <clears throat> Let the spirit of a living God Fill you today with faith. Bible says God has not given us the spirit of bondage again to fear. But the spirit of power, of love and of a sound mind. Can you lift your voice right now and begin to pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The name Jesus is higher than any other name. God has exalted the name Jesus and given him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, 
of things in the earth and of things under the earth that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He has not given us the spirit of bondage again to fear. So fear not. God has not given us the spirit of bondage again to fear. Fear is of the devil. Fear has torment. The Bible says he who fears is not made perfect in love. Because perfect love casts out fear. If you trust this God. If you believe this God. This God who is the same yesterday, today and forever. Then I announce to you fear not. The remaining days of November, the remaining days of December, the remaining days of this year are better than the days that are gone. I know 10 months is gone, but within these two months, God will surprise you. He will, he will perfect that which concerns you. He will put laughter in your mouth and a new song on your tongue. He will turn for you your mourning into dancing and your weeping into laughter. I came with a word of encouragement to tell somebody that God is not true with you yet. He is still working out the answer. He is still with you. He has not forsaken you. He's not left you. Don't give up on God. Hold on to his promises. For all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are here and in him. Amen. To the glory of God by us. Don't give up. Can we use the name of Jesus to exercise ourselves in God? I like Jude verse 20. He says, he says, building up. He said, therefore, my beloved brethren, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You see, we have faith, but we're going to build up on that faith. As you pray in the Holy Ghost, you embolden yourself. You magnify your faith. Your faith gets amplified. Your faith becomes bigger, bigger than your trouble, bigger than your fears. The way to confront fear is to learn to talk them tongues. That is why I encourage people praying the Holy Ghost. That is the way to charge yourself like a battery. If you charge your phone battery today, if you charge your laptop battery today, if you charge your 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 your, your I mean any battery for that matter, your car battery, if it runs down. Why don't you charge your spiritual battery? Charge yourself in the Holy Ghost. That is how to flash out fear. In case fear is knocking at your door, charge yourself in the Holy Ghost. For God has not given us a spirit of bondage again to fear. Fear will keep you in bondage. But He has given us a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. In other words, fear is a spirit. Just as faith is a spirit. As you pray in the Holy Ghost, the spirit of faith amplifies your faith. The spirit of faith helps you to build up your faith. It's like building your spiritual muscles. Fear not, of God. Lift your voice and embolden yourself. Build up yourself on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus Christ. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly about all that you ask or think according to the power that works in us. It doesn't matter who has been monitored your life, it doesn't matter who has, has, has conceived an evil idea against you, he says no weapon fortune against you shall prosper and every tongue 
that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn, for this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and our righteousness is from him, says the Lord. In the name of Jesus, embolden yourself, build up yourself on your most holy faith, pray in the Holy Ghost. Flash out fear from your system. Flash out fear from your spirit. Flash out fear from your heart. Don't allow fear room to operate because fear has torment. When fear is given room, it will torment you. Rosie, I speak to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever your situation is, I command fear. Lose your grip out of Rosie's life. And I decree, I use Rosie as a point of contact for anybody who is under any torment or one torment or the other. I speak the liberty of the spirit. But now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I speak your liberty. I speak your liberty. I speak your liberty in the name of Jesus Christ. Now the Lord is our spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I pronounce your liberty. I pronounce your freedom. I pronounce your liberation. Be liberated from the bondage of fear. For God has not given us the spirit of bondage again to fear. Every bondage of fear, let it be broken right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, I release you from the captivity of fear. Every spirit of fear tormenting you because of one mistake or the other. One sin that you committed. One mistake, one error, one mishap. Whatever it is, God is able to repent the damage. He is able to turn around your situation. But when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. Whereof we are glad. He said, turn again the captivity O Lord as the streams in the south. For they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. And he that goeth up and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Our prophesied liberty. I promise on your liberty. I promise on your liberty. In the name of Jesus.